KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. The movie that everyone's talking about at the moment is the movie that almost no one has seen. I'm talking about The Interview. And never has less of a film had more of an impact on the studio and the nation that produced it. The interview isn't just a film, of course. It's a buddy comedy with a slob aesthetic that became the provocation for real-world events of shocking import. The quality of the thing wouldn't seem to matter at this point. Yet the remarkably dismal quality is symbolic of the mindset that brought the movie and the crisis into being. The first scene is actually quite funny. A North Korean child singing a bloodthirsty song, America Die, with a bright smile on her pretty face. From there, though, it's downhill all the way, and not just because the buddies played by Seth Rogen and James Franco have been sent to North Korea by the CIA to assassinate Kim Jong-un. They're the earnest producer, Aaron Rappaport, and fatuous star, Dave Skylark, of Skylark Tonight, a TV tabloid show that supposedly counts Kim as one of its fans. Think Saturday Night Live on a really bad night, then add anal fixation, specifically the nature of the North Korean leader's anatomy, drug jokes, including ecstasy, as well as ricin, which is crucial to the assassination plot, showbiz gags, Eminem comes out as gay on the Buddies TV interview show, and potty-mouth dialogue that can only be hinted at by Dave's CIA call sign, which is Dung Beetle. Randall Park makes the young dictator funny, too, in spurts by playing him as self-doubting and unctuous. I'm just me and I do my best, Kim tells Dave, after giving him a cute puppy for a present. But James Franco mugs shamelessly to make sure we understand that he's being funny, which he's not. And the script as a whole turns a satiric premise into sour buffoonery. In the real world, a debate has been raging over what does and doesn't constitute torture. In the movie world, there's no debate. Watching the interview is torture from almost start to finish. So how did such a turkey ever escape the studio lot? A significant part of the answer lies in the dumbing down of the audience that began decades ago when studios discovered that kids would turn out to see almost any piece of junk on any weekend, provided the marketing experts did their jobs. Movies weren't the only coarseners of pop culture, but they led the way with the eager complicity of the paying public. The dumbing downers were so successful for so many years and became so beholden to a small group of popular stars that they dumbed themselves down to a level of trivialization where reality and reckless fantasy were no longer easily distinguishable. As Hollywood spectaculars go, the interview was long in the making. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW next week talking about movies that you'll actually be able to see. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.